I've not changed in that. I, I notice where people write about that. No, what I said, I thought the president had some responsibility when it came to the response. Um, if you listen to what president said at the rally, he said, uh, demonstrate peacefully. And then I got a question later about whether did he incite them. I also think everybody across this country has some responsibility. What did you say? you say just now if you know how i feel why would you say that like you put me in such an uncomfortable situation like you know i'm not happy you know i tried you know what i did say that my bad how wait first of all you're not gonna speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said i remember thinking I'm about to beat this bitch up. Hey, <laughs> party crashers. Woo! Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. However you found us and wherever you decided to find us, I'm so very glad you did. Please do us a favor. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these fine episodes. And should you give us a rating, please consider giving us five stars because five stars feels like love and four stars feels like the friend zone. Well, happy Sunday, y'all, or happy Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this. Um, how was your weekend? How are you doing? Anything uh, Anything big happen this weekend in the news? Any notable tweets? Oh, that's right. That's right. We don't we don't have we don't live in that. Uh, <laughs> we don't live in that reality anymore. Um, let me ask you an honest question. Just an honest question. Is there a part of you that misses it? I mean, just a little bit. I mean, so I, I've never been, I've never been a smoker. Um, so I've never had to quit smoking. But for those of you who have, have, you know, quit, maybe, maybe you've quit a couple times. Is this what it feels like when you first quit where you're glad you're not smoking and at the same time there's a part of you that kind of misses like, well, not that misses the cigarette, but that misses like the the routine of the cigarette. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the taking the smoke break, the kind of like it's kind of a it's kind of a ritual. And I don't know, I think for the last four years part of the daily ritual has been uh what has he said now what has he done now and as i'm talking through it you didn't know this was going to be a therapy session by the way did you as i'm talking through it i realize like oh that is not anticipation that is more uh what's the word hyper vigilant I, confession time here. Uh, for dramatic effect, I made it appear as if I was searching for the word hypervigilant. Um, however, you know, when you, when you have a traumatic childhood, part of what comes with the package as an adult uh, is being hypervigilant. So I was not actually searching uh, for the word. But I think that's kind of what it feels like. 
that you know we we've been walking on eggshells with with the former president for so long you know now we're, we're in a safe environment and it's kind of like whoa man like what the hell is is going on so i love the fact that the big news is that there's no news um i did play an audio though and 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 here's the thing so it didn't take long it took less than a week but uh we we we're, we're seeing what the playbook is of the insurrectionist party right you see what kevin mccarthy did there he's now splicing and dicing uh essentially saying hey well you know president trump has responsibility but we all have responsibility remember when maxine waters was telling people to stand up for their rights remember when when they were like shouting people down in restaurants so they're doing you know they're doing that thing that they're they're dusting off the old carl rove playbook the uh false equivalency playbook so if if you're curious about where the the gop is going to go with this and i can't even use post-trump era uh, because he's going to be the shadow that uh, lingers over them for quite some time um but in 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 the interim what we're going to see is like well what about the what about them and i have to be i have to be honest here um i'm a little disappointed um uh, with with the position well it's not a formal position of the biden administration the the biden justice department is and i don't know if you saw this story i read it in the new york times but i think it's you know in pretty much all of the news publications at the New York Times is reporting that the Justice Department is considering not charging 800 or so folks who breached the Capitol on the insurrection on January 6th. And this this is rich, right? This is rich. The, one of the primary concerns listed in charging and not in charging these 800 folks who as far as they can tell were non-violent offenders is the overcrowding of the criminal justice system let that sink in for a moment we have a justice department who is concerned about overcrowding you know what concern that the justice department or the criminal justice system has never ever expressed on any level for people of color is the overcrowding of the system right there's never it's i mean to the point where that does that hasn't seemed to have been a concern when you don't have I mean, you can go to almost any state and you can look at the roster of public defenders and the, the, it, it's exponentially 
disproportionate. The number of public defenders, as there are folks who need representation. Many of, and, and a big part of this reason is for individuals with non-violent offenses. We are talking about trafficking narcotics. When I say trafficking narcotics, that, that doesn't do it justice. That, that implies, you know, kind of distro level, kind of cartel level. I'm talking about people that get popped with the legal amount to count as distribution. Um, the criminal justice is overrun. Pick a state, right? Um, and you, you're going to have this problem. But now, now, and this is, this is not the Trump administration, everybody. This is the Biden administration who is now saying, oh, you know, they weren't violent. And even though they committed an act of treason by doing what they did, they didn't commit an act of violence, so maybe we won't charge them. And I hope that by now they understand that that is a non-starter. <laughs> that is an absolute non-starter, especially for the voting bloc that is so... I'm just going to say it, so almost solely responsible. We're not 100% responsible. We're probably 90% responsible for there being a Biden administration, for there being a Biden Justice Department, for there being a democratically controlled Senate and democratically controlled House. So to just pat them on the head... And I was so glad for Speaker Pelosi when asked about the former president. And she's like, hey, like you know, someone asked her about, well, what does this do? What does this impeachment vote do for, for the president's call for unity? And she's like, look, letting someone slide for committing an insurrection, committing acts of treason, that is not how you unify and I may have said this before, but I think I need to be very clear. And, and this is what and, 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 and what the Biden administration is doing right now. And this is not me piling up. I, I, do need, I do need to make a note for you all that first, I think, you know, it's been very clear uh, of who I supported during the campaign, who I voted for. Uh, and I think I've talked about this in one of the early episodes, but I think we need to be very clear that when you cast a vote for an elected official, you're casting a vote, not because you expect them to do everything that you want them to do. That is not how our democratic Republic works. We do actually have to compromise. And most times you know, not everyone is going to get everything they want. We recognize that. Why you vote for someone is you're choosing the person that you believe that you will be able to hold accountable for the things that she or he does or does not do. And that they will be responsive. It may not always be the response that you want. It may not always be the response that you expect. 
but that it won't be anything like what we saw for the last four years. So all of that to say, the Biden administration gets no pass here just because he's a Democrat and just because I'm a fan of Joe Biden. There are things that we expect to have done and we will hold that administration accountable for what they do and what they do not do. And so this here today is planting one flag in the ground saying we should not sit back and allow the Biden administration to pat these insurrectionists on the head and say, well, you weren't violent. Just don't ever do it again. That's not acceptable. And the thing that we often do as Democrats is say something is unacceptable. And then we go about the process of accepting that very thing that was unacceptable. And we need to hold the Biden administration's feet to the fire. Not literal fire, as the insurrectionists would, would have happened, but we, through public discourse, we hold them accountable for that. Um, also, and I know I'm on a tangent, I'm jazzing, on top of the wanting to um, not prosecute the 800 um, insurrectionists, not the nonviolent ones, the good ones. Apparently, there were good people on both sides, huh? Besides that, uh, the president made some, some news on his very first day. And he signed the executive order to end construction on the Keystone Pipeline. Lots of folks are angry. I've uh, been hearing, or not hearing from, but seeing responses from lots of folks, mostly in, in Texas. Shout out to Texas. Shout out to Emily and Sean in Austin. You know, Austin, thank God for Austin, man. Because, <laughs> man, I feel like that's the saving grace for the state. Um, and there's a new coffee shop. And I think it opens tomorrow on 25th here in Kansas City that Sean tells me is it's an Austin coffee shop and it's opening here and, and, and the name now has slipped my mind. But this week I'm going to go out and I'm sure that's going to become my favorite coffee shop. But outside, so he's, he signed the executive order to end uh, construction on the Keystone Pipeline. And I was reminded this morning that four years ago, I had posted, thank God for Facebook memories, right? Because I'm like, man, I am so grandstandy. When I look back at my memories, oh my gosh. Oh, geez. I'm on my hind legs all the time about everything. But it ties in. So four years ago, I'd made a post calling on the president to, to end, um, you know, uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline to end that construction. As you recall, um, they're, you know, they're building on uh, on Standing Rock, building on native land. 
um, that construction is a direct violation of treaty um, with uh, the indigenous people uh, of North Dakota and South Dakota. Um, and earlier or last year, the courts had actually ruled to end construction and it's been tied up with appeals going from court to court to court. And uh, the people, and I am joining that chorus now saying, hey, Mr. President, great job on ending the, the construction of the Keystone Pipeline. What we need now is for the Biden administration to put a, to end to all uh, of the uh, appeals. And just we just call it good that the Dakota Access Pipeline is done. Um, that needs to happen. And I, I got to be honest, I don't understand how you do the Keystone Pipeline and you don't have um, Code Access Pipeline. Now, I understand it because it's tied up in litigation. Oh, that's right. Uh, a lot of his um, secretaries haven't been approved yet. Um, oh, that's right, because my, my senator, Josh Hawley, instead of approving the Department of Homeland Security person, you know, tie that up and now everything's kind of backlogged. So thank you, Josh. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, so that needs to happen. So yeah, President Biden, not going to get a pass here on the uninvited. And, and in fact, I, I would say that those of us who, you know, lean blue, lean progressive, or even just moderate and, and moderate Republicans, because we have an administration that is accessible and um, is saying that they want to be accountable, want to be transparent, we have a responsibility to ensure that they do just that. And having said all that, it is refreshing. It's still refreshing. It's been less than a week, but it feels good to have a president that you can that you can count on to be real. Um, it feels good to have a conversation about policy with the president, about the pre not with the president. I'm not having a conversation with the president, uh, but we're having a policy conversation about. The president and the administration's position as opposed to just ridiculousness. And so the mundane, I don't know, what is it? The mundaneness, the mun the mundanity? I, I'm 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 screwing it up, aren't I? But the the basic the basicness of it all, I don't even know if that's a word either. It's so it's so damn refreshing. Because we get to, you know. We got to have fun with Bernie. Uh, we got to have, you know, fun, just like making fun of Lady Gaga's um, brooch slash, I don't know, drone. Um, and we got that. I don't know. It's it. I, I don't know about you. Uh, it's fun. Just, um, I don't know, just talking about other things. But to put a bow on the McCarthy thing. Actually, I'm not putting a bow on it. I'm wrapping it up. 
there's a lot of audacity there. And um, to, to shift the blame from himself and the other insurrectionist to all of us is a slap in the face and very, very insulting. Um, and it, it lets us know the plays are going to be running from here on out. Um, so I actually found it fitting. Um, first of all, I'm going to say right now, this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you are not currently caught up on WandaVision, playing on Disney Plus, this is not a commercial for Disney Plus. I do a lot of non-commercials for Disney Plus, it seems. It's not a commercial for Disney Plus. However, if you're not caught up on WandaVision, airing on um, Disney Plus through through Marvel, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or if you have not started watching WandaVision, A, you should. Uh, B, if you are watching it and not caught up, this might be a good time for you to pause and watch episode three. And then you can resume with us later. Because I'm going to make some tie-ins here to uh, what we're seeing, what we heard from, you know, Representative McCarthy and the playbook that uh, the GOP is running with what is actually happening in WandaVision. So take the moment, decide if you're going to watch the show, decide if you're going to watch episode three now, because I'm getting ready to go into a little bit of WandaVision conversation. Okay. All right. So if you're watching WandaVision, um, and if you've caught up, we all saw what happened. So I'm still not going to go into a whole lot of details. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it for everyone. But essentially, um, Wanda is living in a pocket reality. And um, in this pocket reality, um, she has the ability to use her power to make everything okay. And I'm using air quotes here. To make everything okay that the re the 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 trauma of her reality and man is her reality ever traumatic oh my goodness she's able to keep that at bay and she has created a tv sitcom pocket reality for herself and for her partner uh vision and um i won't say any more than that but but let's just say for her family okay and uh, in many respects, especially in this last episode, this past episode really mirrored what the last four years were like and what the, what the, the sudden reality is for many, millions of people who are ardent supporters of the former president. And essentially what happens there in each episode, um, there have been, well, maybe not each episode, but certainly the last two episodes, there have been moments where the real world 
has penetrated this pocket reality. And there's been attempts by S.W.O.R.D., which is, you know, basically an offshoot of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is real. Sorry, this is kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe geek talk. Um, but they're trying to reach Wanda and trying to pull her out of this pocket reality. And in this latest episode, we'll call her Geraldine. I'm not going to ruin it for those of you who have watched episode three, but still aren't, you know, hey, first of all, even as someone who's been, you know, following this stuff, I don't know exactly what's going on. But Geraldine gets, tries to reach Wanda and there's a key moment and you heard the soundbite where Geraldine connects to Wanda's real life. And ultimately, Wanda casts her out of this pocket reality. And I think about how all of us have been Geraldine at some point over these past four years. And we try to reach our friends, our family, some of our ridiculous co-workers who post I, I, first of all, I do not understand people who post political stuff on LinkedIn. I really don't understand that. LinkedIn, oh my God, geez, LinkedIn is not the place for that. Now, I will say this, talking about racial equity, that's not political. There's, let me, let me be very clear. There is the politics of racism, Right. And racism certainly impacts politics. But talking about racism and the effects of racism is it is not at all political. It's not. It's just reality. And how often have you been blocked or had to block someone from your Facebook? How often have you had to avoid uh, certain types of conversation at Thanksgiving or Easter or Christmas or family gatherings or when you're doing Zoom cocktail hours with your friends where you just have to not talk about certain things. And that is because over the past four years, and we saw the dangers of this, by the way, and I feel like in WandaVision, we're going to see the dangers of creating a pocket reality. On January 6th, their pocket reality had had gotten to such a point where um, it was it, it had to burst. And the former president, who also operates in that pocket reality, but unfortunately was also president in the actual reality. Uh, what we saw as the dangers of that pocket reality is where they believe that their re that their pocket reality is reality, and that they were going to seek to make America into the thing that they have created for themselves in this little micro alternative universe, and that's what we're seeing in Wandavision, um, and. WandaVision, it, it, to me, I, as far as I know, is not was not written to be 
you know, an allegory for, for what we were seeing, you know, in our, in our current, current day. Um, but it sure as hell fits. And so what we're seeing now with, you know, folks, you know, now that the, you know, that we've got a new president, we've exposed their pocket reality and they're freaking the hell out. And this is why it's so important for the Biden administration to introduce, reintroduce those 800 people to actual reality. And that in actual reality, when you commit treason, you go to prison. And you don't just go to prison, you go to federal prison. It is not easy coming out of a false reality. It is not easy. I mean, come on. I mean, we've all been there. We've all deluded ourselves um, with certain things. And when you you learn the truth and you you embrace that perhaps, not only that perhaps that you were wrong, but that you were wrong, that's never easy, right? And it isn't beneficial for us to let people off the hook, right? Because we're going to start seeing it. Oh, you know, I was swept away into the, the you know, into the, the Trumpism. And I, you know, I don't know what happened to me. I'm like, no, we know what happened to you. We know what happened to you. And it's not okay. We forgive you. We might even love you. But you still are going to have to pay the price. You're still going to have to pay the price. If you commit a treason, you go to federal prison. Whew, man, that is not, wow. <laughs> so, I don't know what's going to happen in the next six episodes of WandaVision. I don't know what's going to happen really over the next, I don't know, 95 days of the Biden uh, administration, is, you know, his first 100 days. But one thing is clear, in my view, is we must embrace reality. Um, the reality is, is that we are well over a year away from getting everyone vaccinated, despite the president's call to vaccinate a hundred people in a hundred million days or a hundred million people <laughs> in a hundred days, a million people a day. Uh, that's a great goal. That's a moonshot. And I appreciate it. Um, that is not at all reflective of how things are going to go on the ground. Um, we have to embrace reality that. You know, we all need to be wearing masks. And as I understand it, they really, with this new strain, we need to be as, as best as you can, get those N95s. Um, not trying to scare people, not trying to tell you to go and do the crazy Costco toilet paper thing. But if you if you see an N95 mask and you've got it in your budget, um, please, please get them. Uh, we're going to be at this for a while. And that's reality. And the reality is, is that our country is racist AF. And that did not go away because the president went away. And it didn't start because the president was here. We must confront it. It is not on President Biden. It's not on Vice President Harris. 
And this is where I agree with Congressman McCarthy. We all, we all bear a responsibility to, to end racism, to dismantle white supremacy. So he's wrong about all of us having a role in the insurrection. He is right that we all have a responsibility and he wouldn't say it. My word's not his to end white supremacy. And if we are to unite anywhere, if we are to unite on anything, the base camp for any and all unity, henceforth and forevermore, on my hind legs again, starts with ending white supremacy. Full stop. Ain't no unity without that. We got nothing else to talk about, brother. Nothing. Nothing at all. Until we deal with that. Now, I'm not saying that we can't be doing other things. Clearly, we have to do other things. Clearly, we have to get people vaccinated. Clearly, we have to restore our economy. Clearly, uh, we have to create opportunities for folks to earn a, a prevailing wage and to have safe and affordable housing and education and healthcare. We've got to do all those other things. And I would say that doing those things is the work of dismantling white supremacy. Those are the things. Those are the, um, as my boss likes to say, the unique proof points for whether or not you are moving toward an equitable society when those things are happening. Don't even get me started on, on, um, the need for police reforms. If you, if you saw video from Tacoma, Washington last night, I, I would tell you, um, if you, if you seek it out, um, it's a, it's traumatic, uh, for me personally to see what I saw and, um, just be warned, just be warned. It's kind of a gruesome, gruesome video. Um, but we got work to do and we got to be honest about it. And we got to be honest about what it's going to take, how long it's going to take, and what the risks are for not getting it done. But that's that's us in 2021, y'all. Biden's accountable, but we're accountable too. We're accountable to each other. So let's continue to be accountable to each other. Let's continue to be good to ourselves and each other. And... Uh, yeah, I'm going to catch you on the flip side of what I promise will be a much more cheery episode of The Uninvited. Peace. We've only just begun. I encourage everybody to continue to stand. There must be justice in this world and there must be accountability. And I truly believe if we can have those two major components, we can change for a better system. We need a better system in America. We need a system that's equal to everybody. And we need, as Native people, not to be invisible in our own lands. We are only here to help. We are only here to teach you to love the land and the water.